I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> How's everybody doing this morning? Have you all adjusted to the new normal that we find ourselves in? Washing hands every time we think about it? Using hand sanitizer every time we can't wash our hands? Thinking twice about shaking somebody else's hand or giving someone a hug? Planning days ahead just to go to the grocery store? Teaching our children school from homes all day, every day? I hope you're all doing well. This is a strange time we find ourselves in. And if you're like me, it can become all-consuming to try to keep track of all the latest news or the latest speculation about what happens next with this coronavirus. As you read in our newsletter last week, Bishop Sloan has directed all the parishes in Alabama to extend the suspension of in-person worship through the end of April. Of course, what that means is that we have at least another month of not seeing each other face to face. This will probably not be the last extension of that kind. But it is ultimately for the best, and it is for all of our and our neighbors' health and safety. It's certainly not what I had hoped or expected for our first year together. My favorite seasons of the church year are just around the corner. I always look forward to Holy Week and Easter services, and they will happen, but maybe in just a little different kind of way this year. So don't worry, Easter will come, and we are still living into Jesus' resurrection. That being said, it might seem strange that our readings this morning focus so much on death. Of course, those who made our lectionary and decided what readings we hear had no way to know what the world events may look like in their future. But like clockwork, every three years on the fifth Sunday in Lent, we hear the story of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. We get to hear about the raising of Lazarus in the Gospel according to John. These are two wonderful, very powerful, meaningful readings for many of us. And it's strangely appropriate, I believe, during this time that we're able to have these reminders of not only God's power, but God's ability to work in ways that transcend the world as we know it. When Ezekiel was shown the valley of dry bones, full of death and desolation, we might imagine what type of emotions he felt. Sadness, despair, hopelessness. And yet God, working through his prophet, changed all of that. Simply by uttering the words that God had given him, the bones lived, and life became anew. This was an inspiring foretelling of how God would lead his chosen people, the Israelites, out of their exile and oppression in Babylon, and return them to life and prosperity. 
We fast forward to Jesus' time and the reading we have from John's Gospel. We can imagine the feelings that Jesus had for his friend, his friend who was dead, and as we read, had been dead, and there was nothing that anybody could do about it. Mourning and sadness had filled the family and the community, and mourning and sadness had filled Jesus himself. Jesus wept at the thought of never seeing his friend again, never having the chance to say goodbye. When we read that Jesus was greatly disturbed, that word disturbed can also be translated as angry. Jesus was angry because Lazarus was dead. Angry at death, angry at God. These are emotions that we have all felt before. Maybe we're all feeling right now. And yet Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh. Jesus spoke the words, Lazarus, come out. And simply by speaking the word of God, the dead man was raised and lived again. How awesome and powerful is our God. We see God at work not only in the loving, happy, beautiful times in our lives, but we can also see God at work in the dark, sad, and lonely times as well. The psalmist writes, Out of the depths I have called to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Our God is not a God who is aloof, or who is distant, or somehow unreachable. Our God is here with us, with you, wherever you are right now. Yes, it is true that in the sacraments, in the sacrament of the bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ that we share together in this place, God is present in a very special and unique way. But God is also present and powerful in God's word, in the gospel, in your words, and your actions. Each time you show the love of God to someone else, that is God, present and at work in the world. Each time you say thank you to someone who has been working tirelessly for these past few weeks, whether they're taking care of someone who is sick or dying, or taking care of their family, or calling someone on the phone, or just trying to navigate their new role as a school teacher at home. Each time you speak love, God is present, and God is at work. And we see that the Word of God is so powerful that it can surpass all the challenges and obstacles this world can bring including that seemingly impenetrable boundary between life and death. The Word of God, your Word, God working through you, can bring God's kingdom to this earth, wherever you may be. And the love of God working through us 
can do infinitely more than we can ever ask or imagine. Amen.